Hey everyone, Amanda here, creator and producer of Fresh From The Hill. For the next three weeks, we're going to wrap up season one with episodes recapping some of our best moments of the inaugural season of Fresh From The Hill, inside stories of noteworthy Cornellians. This week, you'll hear sound bites from the Alex Zalbin series, featuring clips from all the guests interviewed by Alex. Alex is class of 1999, an author and managing editor at Decider.com. If you haven't listened to any of these amazing episodes yet, I recommend you take a listen or listen again because they are so great. The first episodes featured Alex, Savante Myrick, class of 2009, mayor of Ithaca, New York, Stephen Hall, class of 2006, owner and co-founder of Tinker Coffee Company, Inango Lumumba Kasango, class of 2008, master's 2015 and PhD 2019, congrats Inango. Inango is known as Samus, she's a rap artist and producer. Dr. Marissa Cohen, class of 2006, relationship scientist, teacher, and coach, and Megan Dubiak, class of 2004, chief spokesperson and associate vice president for communications and creative services at Georgetown University, and former press secretary to Vice President Joe Biden and special assistant to President Obama. Take a listen, and I really hope you enjoy. It's been a great ride, and I'm looking forward to season two. And the cool thing about it is the big thing that connects them is they're all Cornell alumni. So at least in the chats today, what's really been coming up is this connection of they went to Cornell and then they went off and did something. And sometimes it connects. There's at least one person I can think of we talked to today where what they did at Cornell was directly what they did afterwards. But a lot more people, I would say myself included, had much more circuitous paths where they started with one thing, ended up with something completely different, but you can always trace it back to Cornell, their passion for the university and what they did there. I had been playing with music. I'd been making beats on my laptop kind of independently of anything going on, but I didn't have formal musical training. So I never thought that music or sound was something that I could study. And then suddenly it was like, oh, there's like a way into this that doesn't require me to have this sort of formal musical training. I can think about it in terms of the technology that produces it or scientific principles, that kind of thing. You know, I I had taken the wines class in the year leading up to to taking the job. So I, I had a background, you know, the wines class in the hotel school is, is almost, uh, it's probably, you know, universally known just in the, in, at, at, at Cornell, just as being a really fun class, but also really educational and really hard class. So taking that class really kind of planted the seed for, you know, understanding this really complex beverage that, uh, that can go in so many different directions and has so much great history. I could never decide whether I wanted to study journalism or study government. And so I kind of split the difference in my career by working in political communications. And Cornell made it very clear that I that government was the right path for me. I was glad I went down that route as opposed to journalism. Um, I was looking to study sort of practical application of government and the city and regional planning department was a perfect home for me as a student. My path to where I am now kind of took a few unexpected turns, but all good things. Um, When I started Cornell, my plan was originally to be a microbiologist. I was very, very into research, um, still into research, but uh, I knew I was going to get my PhD. 
didn't know that I was going to go into teaching and had no idea that I was going to go into relationships. I started taking a bunch of classes that were crossing over with human development and psychology and started to fall in love with it. And being an education minor, I started TAing some classes. Mm. So uh, at Cornell, I believe I TAed uh, the art of teaching and intro to oral communications. And at that point, I was like, I want to teach. Like, this is this is what I want to do. So I went to pursue a PhD in educational psychology. I never became a focused student, which is <laughs> and some of my professors who are listening right now were waiting for me to say that and are now like, good. Um, <laughs> no, I never I never became a focused student because I was always a bit distracted by what was happening outside the classroom. But I ended up going down this uh, theater and specific com specifically comedy path. At the time, it was called Schizophrenics. Now it's called Skits, sketch comedy group on campus. And that was my life for four years. Uh, I was completely into that. Afterwards, I've kept in touch with most of those people, some of my best friends in the entire world. The dudes who held up the chuppah at my wedding were from the sketch comedy group from college. I was standing on the, the bridge to North Campus. And this is again to date myself. This is back when the what was left of the hydropower plant was still standing, uh, and here was a massive waterfall falling into, through, and around this gorgeous, hollowed-out old building. I thought I had uh, messed around and ended up at Hogwarts. I mean, I really <laughs> thought I was a, I'd stumbled on something magic, and and I was right. You know, one day I was just walking the halls in the hotel school and saw a flyer that said, you know, hiring a tasting room manager for Front Neck Point Vineyards. And I thought, this is perfect. You know, this is a great way to, to stick around uh, Ithaca. I was also playing baseball uh, for Cornell at the time. So it was a great way to stay in training and, and uh, you know, kind of stretch that, um, that, that wine muscle that I, I had started to kind of develop a little bit in school. That's based in Ithaca. Yeah, so it's been, it's interesting because I've seen Ithaca in so many different ways, like as a kid growing up and then as a Cornell undergraduate student and then as a graduate student. <laughs> um, so it has all these different dimensions depending on like what, what era of my life. In 2012, I wound up taking a course for, through Cornell Adult University, the Human Bonding course with Cindy Hazan. Fell in love with that material started to bring a couple of those examples into the classes that I was teaching at St. Francis. And I noticed that every time I began to talk about relationships, students started to perk up. And I was like, if I could find any buy-in to research methods and statistics, I'm going to take it. So I started infusing more and more relationship science into my classes. And now that's pretty much all I do. We got to go up to D.C. Um, and there was a student lobby day where we stayed in the dorms in the Cornell and Washington Center and then went to the Hill and advocated for Cornell's priorities. The four years at Cornell and how being in the schizophrenics was what you did and how you made lasting friendships, that seems to be a theme with a lot mm -hmm. of Cornellians is that it was, it's only four years, but it's such a pivotal time and you make lifelong friends and um, there's a real bond back to the hill, which I think is something that makes Cornell very special, which I think is one of the reasons why this podcast may resonate with with a lot of people one other thing that I, I really learned a lot about was you know the ability to to take projection uh and to to not be discouraged when someone says no i don't, I don't want this or I, I don't really see the value in that uh so that was a huge learning for me from the business side as well
I think they, they say the first job on the Hill is the hardest one to get. And it really is true. It's breaking through and getting your name pulled from the stack of 500 resumes that they get in you know a week for a staff assistant job, which is very entry level. And it really is you know using a network to talk to people, to learn how they got to the Hill, and then they refer you to other people. And the way I got my first job on Capitol Hill was talking to everybody I could think of who I knew, who their friends knew, um, met with many, many Cornellians. After it was over, even though it wasn't, I don't think it went very, very well, I felt this like relief and this excitement, this, this like joy that I've been able to push myself to do something that was really scary, um, but like it felt good. I had to sit with his mother in Brooklyn at the funeral and speak with his, his priest and uh, really hear from them. How, not just how proud they were of him, but how full his life was because he did not delay chasing the things uh, he wanted and he never wavered in going after, even when things were scary. And so I, I uh, that conversation really convinced me to make the leap to say, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. To do anything less than that is just to give in to fear. And if I lose, then I'll, I lose. But uh but at least I'll have tried. Um, a lot of people, you know, take issue with relationship science because they're like, why are you trying to study the magic that is love? Um, I think it's neat to try to study it and to try to quantify it as best as you can. Hopefully for young alumni who are looking for some sort of path or are maybe in that transition period, you know, between a theater degree and entertainment journalism where they're not sure where they're going. These are people who have been in the same place and went also on that very strange path to where they are now, where they've really hit their stride and are doing these incredible things. Every six years, um, senators get reelected. And for the two years leading up to the reelection, you're essentially what's known as in cycle. You're in the election cycle. And it was a really tough um, and stressful time period, but one that you really learn a lot. And when you're working for a person that you really believe in, it makes it much easier. But the those two years, every vote that the senator takes, everything he mutters on a TV show or on the Senate floor or in the hallway is picked up on and dissected by um, you know political opponents and you know attempted to use to be used against the elected officials. So it's a really tough time. It's a time that you really just need to hunker down and get the message out about the great work that the Senator was doing for the state of Ohio. We just kind of kept talking about this idea of, we love coffee, coffee doesn't exist here in town the way it should. If we learned how to roast coffee, if we learned everything about the industry, could we be successful? You know, we had a passion for the product in that we enjoyed it a lot, but we knew nothing about the business. But the more we talked about it, the more we felt confident in our ability to learn it. So yeah, ultimately we just decided to take the plunge, quit our jobs, invest all of our time and energy into coffee roasting and start with the business. I don't know if you know this, but mayors have the highest approval ratings of, of any elected officials. Uh, why is that? It's because we're smart and we're good looking. Uh, no, it's because it's because uh, we are forced to be pragmatic instead of dogmatic. Yeah, so it was it was a particular video game. It's a video game called Metroid. It's very important to me because it 
has one of the first playable woman characters in it. Um, and so I, I remember playing this game as a little kid on Nintendo with my older brother. Um, and the character is in an armor suit because so you can't tell what they look like throughout the entirety of the game. And then at the end of the game, after you beat the boss, it's like a giant disembodied brain and you get through, you know, everything's blowing up and you get, make it out to the end. The armor suit comes off and you learn that it's, it's a woman, the person you this was like plot twist of the century for me as a kid. Like, what? I cannot believe this. I was freaking out. Um, and so a little bit, you know, when I got older and I started making beats, I remember sometimes there would be this pushback and, and often from like men who would come to my shows would be like, you know, who made your beats for you? And then I would say, I made them. I still would find that they would question who made my beats or, or try to find ways of like testing my, my technical expertise. So I, I wanted to take on the identity of this character, Samus, from Metroid, because I think she plays with gender norms and like ideas about what women can and can't do. If you don't fight, chances are you're probably not being very honest. Um, you're two different people, you grew up in different households, you have different beliefs, views of the world, so you're gonna fight, you're gonna have differences of opinions about something, and if you are comfortable enough in your relationship to share them, then you'll clash. So if you're not fighting, you're probably holding something back, and that's not good for communication. Thank you so much for joining us this episode and this season of Fresh from the Hill. Our music was written, produced, and performed by Kia Albertson Rogers, class of 2013. You can contact Kia at koa3 at cornell.edu and find his music online at kiaorion.com. Learn more about the podcast and join our mailing list at alumni.cornell.edu slash podcast. Want to get more involved with Cornell? Check out our website, alumni.cornell.edu slash young alumni. Thanks so much for listening and catch you next week.